Hello beautiful minds, this is Own It The Podcast with yours truly, Wayala Sali. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and hear me out. If you missed the introduction and the previous, which also happens to be the first episode, I would suggest that you check them out because it kind of gives you an idea of what this journey is all about. But all in all, Own It is an unscripted podcast where I talk about almost everything that is somehow related to the journey of my growth in my quest to own it and level up, both personally and professionally. Today, I want to do something different. A friend of mine suggested that I make my podcast a little bit more personal, talk about myself and help you, my dear, beautiful minds, get up close and personal and know who the heck is talking to you from behind this microphone. And it is not easy, but I see why would he think I should. And I agree. But before we dive in, I want to take a quick moment to thank Ahmed K. Madani, a young Sudanese entrepreneur with the Instagram handle Ahmed K. Madan. Madan is M-A-D-A-N. Ahmed sent me a message on my Instagram that reads, Aloha, bro. Hope you are doing good. I'm writing you about the next episode of your podcast. Is it going to be soon? Now, reason why I want to thank Ahmed is because we don't know each other and we never spoken before, but he still took the time to look for my next episode and write to me to see what's going on. And guess what, Ahmed? Your timing could never be any better. With everything that I want to talk about in today's episode, I kid you not, it was so hard to practice what I usually preach and what I will be preaching on here today. I kept trying to perfect this topic and kept avoiding putting myself out there telling y'all my business in an uncut version. I also felt so bad that it has been more than two weeks and I did not commit to the weekly time schedule to release my episodes. It felt good to indirectly be held accountable. So again, thanks Ahmed Kemadani and to every single one of you guys listening to my podcast, sharing an episode or leaving me a comment. I really appreciate you all. So without any further ado, I am Wael. A 33-year-old Sudani guy who was born and raised in Saudi Arabia, where I lived all my childhood. A pretty tough one, I must say. Dealt with bullying and racism in their worst forms. Moved to Sudan for high school and was between Sudan and Saudi ever since until almost two years ago when I moved to Spain. Now I live in Valencia, a beautiful city by the east coast of this interesting country. As you might know, Saudi is an extremely Muslim country and Sudan is moderately Muslim. My parents are devoted believers, but they never pushed us to believe or practice in their way. However, it was clear that they had hoped that we would. I was exposed to American media and culture growing up, cartoons, movies, shows, music, comic books, you name it. I didn't even know what was the definition of an identity crisis until I was 21 years old. And all that time, I did not notice that I was a walking, breathing definition of the term. I mean, imagine being told all your childhood 
to go back to Africa, to your country, reminded that you were a stranger to this country you were born in, that it's not your home even though you know everything there is about their culture, heritage, history and you speak their dialect way better than you speak yours. Being black in the land of the Arabs, one of two kids in a whole big school who had a little bit too much more melanin than the other kids and they had to pay for it. I remember asking my dad once what was the meaning of the word Zunji, which is an Arabic word that translates literally to Negro. I heard this almost every day, followed by giggles and laughter. Intense. I know. I decided to move back to Sudan, thinking that I would blend in in the darkness of my people's skin. I mean, Sudan literally translates to the land of the blacks. Sounds like a haven for melanated people, right? Well, there, I was not black enough. I was teased for being this kid from that rich country, Saudi Arabia. I was not ghetto enough for my peers in Khartoum North. I hated being asked about what my father did for a living. Why couldn't I attend summer school with them? And even teachers would get provoked when I say that it's because I'm spending my summer vacation back in Saudi where my family was and still is. I hated it when the driver came to pick me up from school. I often would ask him to pick me up from like a random spot one kilometer away from the school's gate or I'll just walk home under the burning sun. In Saudi, the kids were confused to know that we lived in an okay neighborhood, that my dad owned the car he drove. It's like, how do you, this black family, have a decent house and your black dad is making a decent living? And in Sudan, on the other hand, that seemed to be the only thing everyone saw, but it for some reason made them angry, like I was rubbing it in their faces. I was never the kid that shows off. My parents did not raise me to do so. Oh, remember how I told you I was Zunji in Saudi Arabia? In Sudan, I was called yellowish. Right, that is the equivalent of light-skinned in Sudan. I never understood how am I spotted for being different in a country that has more than 500 ethnic groups and literally all shades of black. I was teased for speaking good English without a strong Sudanese accent and I belonged to no home. And trust me, I know that I sound like a little privileged kid complaining about having no money problems growing up or ever having to sleep with an empty stomach. It's like he did not appreciate being fed with a golden spoon. But trust me, I was so appreciative of what I had and what I was constantly reminded that others did not have. It's just that I remember how that kid felt and to have to carry that weight and feel responsible somehow for everyone's struggle. I wanted to help, couldn't. So instead, guilt was the only thing I knew how to do. I remember a friend told me once that I knew a lot about Saudi Arabia, Sudan and the US, but I was not a Saudi, Sudanese nor an American. I most probably would not fit in in none of them. And he was so right to say that I was torn between cultures. For those who know me now, they would say that I'm a heck of a confident person. I honestly don't know how I do it or how does it happen, but I naturally walk into a room and it's like my energy just addresses everyone. It's just so easy for me to talk to everyone in the room and have them want to talk to me. I guess you can call that being a people person. But what almost everyone who knows me doesn't know or will be surprised to know 
is that I was never confident growing up. I was never social, nor I felt that I want to talk to a room full of people or host a radio show or be on stage or have a career that is based on human interaction or become a communication specialist. It is not that I did not want to. I could not. I was not built to do so. Did not have it in me. I was so insecure judged myself so harshly, even hated the echo of my voice. I kid you not. I am sure the question that comes to your minds is, okay, so how did it happen? Well, it took that kid a lot of learning to do. Wait, let, let me rephrase that. It actually took him a lot of unlearning to do. I wasn't directly told who I was or who was I expected to become, but there were scripts already written for me by different authors. And I did not seem to be interested in playing none of those characters. I was pretty much the alien in my country and my whole extended family. And that made it super difficult for my parents to deal with me. I wasn't a difficult kid. I was just keeping to myself a lot. Too picky when it comes to choosing friends. My dad would not understand a word I would say when he tries to know what goes on in my life. He would often tell me that I'm a bit too philosophical. Books, ink, and paper were my best friends. My imagination was my world, my escape and refuge. Religion, culture, sex, languages, career, interests, everything was a huge topic that must be handled with care and must be navigated carefully. What I viewed as normal or mundane was extremely taboo, sensitive, or bizarre for most people around me. At some point in my life, in my early 20s, I had friends from all over the world and I did not notice that cultural switch I had. I would perfectly relate to the extremist and to the atheist in a way, without losing my own stand. But who was I? This ability to shift and connect with all these cultures left me somehow colorless. I did not really remember my true face under all these masks and hats I changed all day, every day. I wasn't being a hypocrite, I was just trying to survive. Freedom of expression was a foreign concept thanks to the way these countries operated and the impact that had on society. Fast forward to 2017, life-changing experience, nudged me out of my not-so-comfortable comfort zone. My wife at the time, and mother of my son, who was three years old then, walked out on me with no explanation. Four months after legalizing the divorce, I learned that there was another man. Two months before that, I failed to pull the plug on my own life. Horrible experience, but for some reason, I was granted another life. Right there and then, I knew that in order for me to find my way back, I had to do a lot of work. I needed a, a rebirth. This was not just a get up, dust off and keep walking kind of moment. Nah, this was let's burn all the way down. Leave no pieces away from the fire. Let it all be ash and then rise again like a phoenix. And let me tell you something. That was the most difficult thing I have ever done in my life and it literally took me one year and a half of burning and building. In the beginning, I was obsessed with learning. 
I read a lot, listened to so many podcasts, watched so many videos. I studied psychology, meditation, and Buddhism. I was obsessing with understanding the mind and how it works. Obsessed with knowledge, because knowledge is power. And I needed a lot of that power. It took me a year before I knew that the key in my specific situation was not in learning as much as it was in unlearning. I learned the hard way that I had to unwrite the social programming of my code. Everything that I thought I knew about myself, my core, and what defined me was in one way or another written, inspired, influenced, or altered by someone else. I didn't get to so much even edit that writing. I had to dig so deep to the roots of my thoughts to see what gets to stay, what needs to be trimmed or readjusted, and what has to go. Only then, when the ground has been treated, cured or fertilized, I can then plant new seeds. There is a lot that we try to learn on a daily basis. A lot of us struggle with, for example, accepting their looks and believe that they are beautiful, almost Every book, article, or Instagram post talks about loving yourself and accepting how beautiful you are. And yes, we want to, but we don't know how. And it can be very frustrating when you read the steps and you try to apply it and you end up with a nice slogan echoing in your brain, but you still feel incomplete when you look in the mirror and you wonder what went wrong. Well, you learned a nice fact today that you are beautiful in your own way that your not so slim and defined body is also beautiful that your curves do not take away from your beauty and that your color doesn't need readjusting you want to believe it but no matter how many times you repeat it and verbalize it your reflection in the mirror still looks the same well what the teaching did not include is that before you learned that, you had to unlearn the beauty standards you were made to believe. You had to undo years of believing that you were not beautiful before you can put a contradicting belief in the same head. And yeah, I know, no one taught you that skill. How can one unlearn? We know how to add information to our brain, but we never removed anything intentionally. Well, learning is a very fast and naturally easy process. Sometimes it even happens without us noticing. People consume information real quick and now even faster than ever because the source of all information is social media. We are constantly being fed rumors and false information, whether in a family WhatsApp group or a post and or story update that lasts 10 to 15 seconds, leaving us with seeds of thoughts inside our defenseless minds. With time and this form of fast media, we don't really try to verify the source of the news or information. Public opinion is so fragile and easily mended, manipulated, or even broken. We've allowed this processing a free passage into our minds. Before I could be comfortable in my own skin, learn to love my darkness, culture, and background, I had to truly unlearn what years of childhood and teenagehood left in my mind. That doesn't happen by shaking off your head and say, that didn't matter, I love who I am. That requires serious thinking, like on a meditation level. You have to mentally become that kid once again. Face the bullies, feel the hurt, and talk to that inner child.
you have to really study how you felt, what made you feel ashamed, and critically think about it. For some of us, that might even need the help of a professional therapist, but only when these blocks have been removed, then you can add yours. We often avoid confrontation, especially when it's us that we need to confront ourselves. Unlearning is as powerful as learning. How many times have you heard someone say, well, this is who I am and I cannot change it. That man who beats his wife up and says, I'm an aggressive person and that's my nature. No, that is not your nature. That is what you're comfortable being. You don't hate it enough to change it, to face your problem, to do the work. You would say, I've always been an angry person. I'm an aggressive person. They provoked me. They made me angry. They hurt me. They pushed me to flip. Their action caused you a feeling. Your reaction to the feeling is your responsibility. You picked the scenario. You approved the next moment script. And you are the one who is playing the narrative now. You went for aggression when you could have chosen another path of reaction. That person who is so rude in the way they talk and they end up hurting everyone they love or everyone that loves them and say, I didn't mean to be rude, this is the way I talk and everyone knows that I'm like this. Or the person who says, I was never good working under pressure, maybe that's why I couldn't keep a job. I'm better off sticking to this one where they are unhappy. You are stuck in an unhappy loop. That is why you keep explaining yourself and repeating these excuses like a broken record. Unlearn your bad habits. Unlearn that coding instead of hiding behind the excuse and say that's who I am. I could go on and on about this topic, but we will never do it justice if we try to make this happen in one episode. I mean, as you can see, we are just barely scratching the surface here. So I might actually do other episodes on unlearning and make it like a mini series on their own. What do you guys think? Shoot me a DM on Instagram on I am YLS or it's time to own it and make sure you follow me there. Oh, please do share this episode on your social media and do not forget to tag both my personal Instagram and the podcast. Much love and respect. And like always, thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to own it. This is YLS signing off.